0: Gather round. This is the Ticket Water Cooler, brought to you by Culligan of Lincoln. You need to be more like a doll. We don't need a bunch of cats in here. Yeah. Coming at you live from the Copple Chevrolet GMC studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Here are your hosts, Jake Bakovin and Nathan Brennan.
1: Turn on my mic there. A very happy Wednesday afternoon to all of you. Thank you for tuning in to the Ticket Water Cooler. Jake Bakovin still not joining us. Like we've said all week, he will be gone this week, next week, and uh, into the week following, he is currently in Omaha, setting up for the College World Series. I'm not entirely sure who he's rooting for, so I've had a few people ask me that, and I'm not entirely sure. We've also mentioned a few times, who are we adopting for the College World Series? I've decided Notre Dame. You can decide who you want, but Jake Bokovan, we're not entirely sure. We'll get back to him, and but that is where he is. So Nick Sainert joining me today, 402-464-5685. You can also join us. That's the starter, Heyman Text Line, Honda of Lincoln, hotline again 402-464-5685 if there's something on your mind let us know want to make sure you guys know too talking trash with nicklin and kenzie tonight it's going to be live from dak shack i have to be honest with you guys i've not been to dak shack but it sounds pretty good it's lincoln's home for the best lobster rolls fried chicken sandwich frozen daiquiris Dak Shack has happy hour from two thirty to five Monday through Friday, all day Sunday. I've only, I said earlier in the show before this Sunday fun day is one of my favorite days, so I might have to actually check this place out. Uh, Nine to eleven o'clock,
2: Dak Shack on Forty Sixth and Leighton. Have you been to Dak Shack? I've, I have n- I have not been to Dak Shack. I have uh, had buddies that have went to Dak Shack and said it's very good, very good. So I should j- I shouldn't have done the water cooler today. And I should have went over to Dak Shack.
1: Should have gone to Dak Shack.
2: Well, I guess that maybe now people mm. will know if they wanna to go to
1: Dak Shack, you will not be there. So sorry. Is that dissuading hey, t- people <laughs> or is it, it incentive? People
2: are turning around their turning around turning uh, their car around. You right now. decide. But they're calling it reverse
1: happy hour tonight. It's nine o'clock to close, which is gonna be obviously mm. eleven o'clock tonight because Nicolin and Kenzie are gonna be there. Half off of all DAX cocktails. That's the Mango Mojito frozen pina colada. Much more. Their hours are normally Monday through Sunday, eleven to ten. But again, tonight nine to eleven is when Nick Lynn and Kenzie will be there. Make sure you check it out. Dakrees. I can't remember the last time I had a Daiquiri. I have never had one. Well, that is even more incentive. You should have. So gone to I, sh- I should have gone, gone to Dak Shack tomorrow. To Dak Shack tomorrow. I'll just
2: start Thirsty Thursday off sooner. I will. Uh... Do you need the rundown? Yeah. Right. Here you go.
1: Can you give me the entire sheet? That's the thing, because I don't know if I trust you guys, because I keep Shootout with Strick on that, too. And everyone then ends up looking at Shootout with Strick, and I don't know if I trust that.
2: So anyway, uh, tomorrow, I'll just start Thirsty Thursday off soon. At 3 p.m., I will go over to Dak Shack, and then I'll come back at 4.45 with a couple frozen daiquiris into me and enjoy Thirsty Thursday with Kevin Meyer.
1: I am going to be doing the same. I'm actually going to be hosting tomorrow, too. So, if you're new with us this week, I'm actually hosting 4-6 to 6 on the block as well. Eric Strickland, the Husker Hall of Famer, is also here, as per usual. Yeah, I saw that, too. Ellis in Illinois says, <laughs> After decades of observation, I have determined that anyone that roots for the Notre Dame brand has, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say that on radio in them. D. Sorry to break this to you. Um. Well, Ellis, at least... Okay, listen. I understand that Notre Dame is much like Duke basketball. You either love Mm -hmm. them or you hate them. I think my frustration with Duke fans, which I'm assuming can be pushed towards Notre Dame fans as well, is that what makes you a Notre Dame fan just because they're Notre Dame? What makes you a Duke fan just because they're Duke? No, 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 no. Do not get it twisted. My dad went to Notre Dame and was in the movie Rudy while he was a student. So I have a legitimate reason to be a Notre Dame fan. I think that can count. When yeah, he was a just, se- so when he was a senior in college, they filmed the game during half times of that season. Yeah. And I believe it was ninety three ninety two or ninety three was the year they graduated. So when he was a senior, so he's actually in the crowd chanting Rudy. Holy smokes, that's cool. cool. Yeah. Usually so when I play like Two Truths and a Lie, that's usually one of my uh true. My dad was in Rudy. Yeah, my dad was in Rudy and he was chanting Rudy. But so worth thousands like, you know, and thousands of okay, other people. Okay, yes, but I mean think of the odds that you are one of those people that was actually in that that's movie. That's true. Because it's suppose. one of the most popular sports movies of all time. Is it the most? I'm not entirely sure. But enough about Notre Dame. I don't want to talk about Notre Dame right now because But that's who
2: you're adopting
0: so. That's who
1: I'm adopting in the College World series. I could talk about Notre Dame quite a bit, but I'm assuming did, a lot of people in Lincoln, Nebraska don't like it. Did Notre
2: you decide Dame you're going, going to the College World series Saturday?
1: Yes. Okay. I probably won't be going to an actual game. Yeah. But I was I, I will be in Omaha because that's the one thing that I've learned is especially last year when I went to the College World Series for the first time. It's more of just one big
2: party. There, there it's are not there are really, parties outside. It's, it's like it's literally like a basic. It's basically a party. Like you don't even have to go to the game. I, I think th- this year I'm now that I'm 21. Right, I, I'm going to have to partake in the block party things that are going on. They're Fun. They're a lot of fun. I don't know. I just got to go. I think you I, I got to
1: figure I to go. We'll figure that out. But again, 402-464-5685, that's the Honda Lincoln Hotline. Starter, Heyman, text line. We want to hear from you guys. Bipolar says, I'm sorry your pops has to claim he was in such a terrible movie. You know, okay, Bipolar. Rudy's an awesome movie. I don't even care if you like Notre Dame or not. Uh, so I wanted to start out this show. we got a packed show, too. We're going to talk some golf later on as well. Also, Alonzo Verge, he's getting a tryout with the Mavericks. So we could have two Nebraska players playing here, uh, Summer Ball. Stand by. We're not entirely sure what that will happen. I'm not even sure when the NBA draft is. I believe it's here in a couple weeks. So Bryce McGowan's obviously looks like he's going to get drafted. Alonzo Verge could also be in that. But I want to start out. I did buy or sell with Strick yesterday on the block. It was a great show. We started basically the entire 4 o'clock hour was just buy or sell. It had to do with Nebraska football. And I kind of did it as a test run to see which was the, the thing that we would talk about the most. So the question came, buy or sell? Scott Frost will be the head coach in Nebraska going into the 2023 season. This became a much longer discussion, so I'm interested to see where this will go when I ask you, Nick, and I will ask you, buy or sell. Scott Frost will be the head coach in Nebraska going into the 2023 football season. Bye. Bye. Okay, I'm buying buying two. No, I'm buying two, but I'm curious what is making you buy that because – I feel like if you're going to be buying this, it's how you interpret the season going. It's how you interpret the transfers filtering into the yep. program. It depends on the coaching staff, blah, blah, blah. A lot, of, a lot of moving pieces for that to be the case. But I feel like it also, in turn, then, you have to evaluate your expectations for the season.
2: Mm-hmm. So I, I think, I'll tell you expectations. Seven or more wins. Okay, I, I, think, I don't think, I don't see them getting fewer than seven wins. Um, with that in mind... I understand it's Nebraska, and I understand that the common denominator of the last four years and now going into year five has been Scott Frost. But when you look at what they've done around them, and it's and it's a cliche term, it's getting kind of old to say and talk about now. But they've done everything they needed to do in the off season. They they literally did, and you can't com- complain with any of the moves that they've made. You cannot. Um, obviously, they've they've lost a couple key pieces or potentially key pieces. One of those being Casey Rogers. One of them being. Uh, Damian Daniels, which Damian Daniels was kind of an interesting situation just because he had an opportunity to come back, but he also obviously had an opportunity to play professional ball and sign an undrafted free agent deal. So that one comes, I mean, you know, you you can't blame him for going pro that way. But I've said it before. I said it just on Rashawn's show a little bit ago. Um, I, I truly feel that Casey Thompson is walking into a great situation. And a a great there's this great possibility that Casey Thompson will be put in a great situation, and what I mean by that is guys around him, whether that's running backs, whether that's and a big part of it maybe is a new running back coach because when you talk about Nebraska football, you want that thousand yard rusher, right? You want that guy that you can lean on for twenty. You want that guy you can lean on for, for 15, 20 carries every game. That hasn't happened. It has not happened. But a big reason that it hasn't happened, I, I'm not so sure that it has been because Nebraska hasn't had the guys. I think it's because Nebraska's staff hasn't allowed the guys to get into a rhythm. And, and what I, I mean, that. My, my main example, the n- easiest example to go to every single, ga- every single time we, this conversation comes up is back in Illinois. First game of the season. Marquis step first touchdown of the year he scores the USC transfer a guy that was going into last season said I'm I'm the guy in this room that runs the mo- the, the most downhill like I I want to run downhill and, and Nebraska fans freaked out loved it because that's something once again that Nebraska had not had since I mean you you could throw Divino Zigbo into that category going back a little bit further Amani Cross who is just that big body truck style um ball carrier wasn't gonna beat you speed wise, but was going to run over you as a defender. And so that that got Nebraska fans extremely excited. Marquis Stepp scores the first touchdown from a couple yards out. I think it was like a three yard touchdown run um to score the first touchdown of the season at Illinois. And then you don't see him till the fourth quarter. And which is it, so it, bizarre to it's, me. It's it's so insane. And and this has that that was a that was a pattern. We talk about patterns and things we can point to. That was a pattern going back to 2019. 2019, they had Dedrick Mills, they had a couple other guys in the room. Maurice Washington was part of it. And you had Dedrick Mills on your team and healthy, available to play, and you chose to run Maurice Washington from the shotgun set, right? Once again, the play calling has been a a giant question mark and has been extremely puzzling all four years. You decided to run Maurice Washington up the middle on third and one, same situation we had with Wandale Robinson. You decided to run Maurice Washington. You decided to run uh, Wandale Robinson up the middle from the shotgun formation on third and short. Rather than lining up, keeping it simple, and running Dedrick Mills, your bigger back, up the middle. You overcomplicated mm-hmm. it. And you made it too difficult to, uh, to obtain the goal, which is the first down. So, like, this year there's there's extra hope in my eyes for for a guy when a bright guy like brian applewhite comes into town because the way that he's talked once again that's all we can go off of right now is what they're saying and every year we go off of what they're saying and it never showed up on, on on saturdays in the fall but right now all you can go off is what they're saying and there's an internal confidence with this program you talk to the guys and they the first thing they say is it's different you talk to offensive linemen. Nury's told us that yeah, when Nury, he's come in. Exactly. Yeah. Nury's told us that, how with old staff, with the old coach, it was everybody has to do it this way. If you want to play, you're going to block this way. You're going to play offensive linemen this way, whether it's tackle, whether it's guard. Now, and the quote that Nury said on the air, on the happy hour a couple of weeks ago, was Donovan Raiola doesn't care. It's winning is winning. And if it works, you do it. If it works, do it, because winning is winning, and there has not been enough winning around here.
1: Here's uh, – we, we got a couple texts. Dusty says, no one will care how good the offseason moves were unless they translate Bingo. into wins this fall. Jeff says the offensive coaching upgrade will be the biggest difference next season. Whipple, Applewhite, and Mickey are a massive upgrade. I agree with you there. Here's where I agree with Dusty, but I also don't agree with Dusty. Because th- this is what I said to Strick, and I- I'm curious to hear what you have to say, and okay. I'm curious what the or, or what there, or what our listeners have to say as well. 402-464-5685. If you have a season that looks very similar as last year, not three and nine, I'm not saying that, but a, a lot of numbers have been thrown around. Trev yeah. obviously has not put himself in that situation, which I think is a smart move to not give yourself well,
2: a definitive number. Well, so he's told. There's was- not been a definitive number, not announced. But that's that's one. I would love to have that conversation with you, actually. So maybe we should do that in the three forty five segment, or I guess we got Alonzo Verge. Either way, maybe we need to have that conversation another time um, about metrics and whether or not metrics are a good idea from an athletic right. director.
1: We can talk about that. Yeah, and um, I guess we can sprinkle that into here too a little bit because a lot of fans are saying you have to win seven or eight games this year. Listen, if you win five games this season, mm-hmm. if you go five and seven. And the season looks identical to last year, where you're competing in every single game, you have some slip ups, maybe coaching loses you a few, quarterback play loses you a few, especially whatever have you. If you win five games, but two of those are Wisconsin and Iowa, there's no shot he's fired. I disagree. I don't think he, I do not think that they get rid of Scott Frost because you got to think how many times. Have we sat here and talked? I've talked to Bach about this extensively mm-hmm. because I know that's been a lot of his issue was with Bo Pelini Yeah. is he did have 9-10 wins, but when it was time to show up for the big game, Bo Pelini usually threw an egg. Say what you will about Scott Frost. Say what you will about his tenure at Nebraska. Last season, they might have gone 3-9, and nine, but guess what? You played a team that made it to the playoff within one score. Michigan State went to a New Year's Six Bowl, went to the Peach Bowl. You played them within one score. You should have won on the road. Ohio State had a Heisman finalist, went to a New Year's Six Bowl. If it wasn't for a late turnover, you probably win that one too. Mm -hmm. They are not that far away. And if on top of that, you can finally get the monkey off your back and defeat Iowa, Wisconsin, and still play well enough that you look like like this is the thing too is like. There is an eye test to it. Okay, that Nebraska might have gone three and nine. And I know that's what everyone talks about, and I know that's what everyone remembers. That was not a three and nine football team, and I understand that's what was the final outcome. But it, you are so much closer now with Scott Frost. I think from getting over the edge and taking that next step, even than you would have with Bo Pelini and Bach. And I have talked about this extensively. Nine or ten wins, eight, nine, ten wins was his ceiling. When it was time to show up for a big game, he didn't. And say what you will about the record, Nick. Scott Frost showed up in those games. Did they win? No. Are we blaming that on Scott Frost? I don't know if it's rightfully, if it's fair to blame it all on Scott Frost.
2: Here's what, here's where I disagree. You are close. Here's what I disagree with. And I with. know people hate
1: that word. They do. But you, and I know you hate and I hate it too. And I'm tired of the moral victories, and I'm tired of looking at the last year's record and seeing three and nine. Yeah. But that was not a three and nine football team.
2: So I, I will say this. Um this is where I disagree with you on that. I, I get where you're coming from. I, I truly do. However, you also have to look in the grand scheme of things and say that you see that you are in year five, and if you don't draw the line at some point, when will you draw the line? Like this this year has to be it. So if you're okay, let's let's use the analogy that you gave where they have five wins. Two of those are Wisconsin and Iowa. Okay. So that means you still lose to either – or excuse me, you lose to Minnesota, Purdue, Illinois because you beat Northwestern.
1: Which, okay, Illinois was a bad team. Minnesota and Purdue are not bad football teams and will not be bad football teams. Okay, so – you And I'm saying two of your – You can't forget that. And I'm saying two your wins – uh, This is my scenario is how it would work out. It would be Northwestern, Georgia Southern, mm-hmm. South Dakota – North Wisconsin, Th- North, Dakota. I- North Dakota. Excuse yep. me,
2: Wisconsin, Iowa. Are year five? Okay. So with that in mind, are you competing for a Big Ten title at five and seven? No. Okay. In year five of a sc- of a coach that you're paying five million dollars, four million this year, do you expect to compete for Big Ten division titles? Right now, yes. In I don't know five. I don't know why you would you, believe you, that. You talk about the standard and you need to uphold the expectation, but then w- w- you're telling me 5 wins is the expectation? I'm not saying
1: be. that's the expectation, but I'm saying you're in a position to be successful moving forward. So let me let me let me Do you want to do you just want to be stuck at 9 wins and then just getting blown out by good teams? Cuz that's ultimately what was the case when you had someone like Bo Pelini, which a lot of fans say, "Okay, let's look back to those teams." Let's not get it twisted. You were a 9 1 football team and you were getting absolutely smacked by teams that were better than you.
2: So let me, let me read this for you because this came out on. Um, I, I tweeted this out on November 8th of last year. And, and my big thing throughout this whole thing is none of this has been about a lack of effort for Scott Frost. Okay? No, nobody's questioning how much he cares. How much... Nobody's questioning how much he's trying. Nobody's questioning that he... Like like I said, he cares about... Like, that's not a question. However, the truth is in the performance and how you perform on the field. And if in two years you stay just a one-score-loss type of team... There's no progress. You you need to see progress from a couple years. And I understand you're progressing by that would beating, be progress by beating Wisconsin and Iowa, right? But more, I would be more concerned about beating Northwestern and Purdue and Illinois. That's what I would be concerned about because Nebraska hasn't done it. So here's here's what I'm going to read you here real quick. So this was back on on 8 So I don't know the the updated records, uh, but I believe that it's gonna it, it would be something similar to this. So I said, this article that was in the Lincoln Journal-Star slash Omaha World-Herald said this, quote, even Bill Callahan and Mike Riley had better records and bigger wins than our native son, national championship quarterback, has been able to deliver. But the critical difference, in our view, is that Frost genuinely knows and feels Husker fans' pain. We are confident he cares as much as any of us and hurts as much or more than any of us. I would agree with that. Callahan, Riley, and in all probability whomever could be hired to replace Frost lacks that intangible. So what I said to that is nobody is questioning how much Scott Frost cares about Nebraska football. However, when you look at progress, progress, which is the biggest thing, things that you can point to on Saturday. You have things you can point at, and these these are what you can point at here. 1 and 4 against, or excuse me, 1 and 3 against Purdue. 1 and 3 against Minnesota. 0 oh and 4 against Iowa, 0 mm-hmm. oh and 3 against Wisconsin. Right. So if you're sitting here so let me let me let's oh I, I just lost it. So let's say this. You're at the end of this year, and those records change to two and three against Purdue, whatever it would be against Illinois, it'd still be under five hundred, or it'd be at five hundred. You're one and four against Wisconsin or one in one and three against Wisconsin and one and four against Iowa. In the grand scheme of things, if you're not beating Purdue and you're one and four against Purdue. That, that goes back to like what Sean Icourse was saying, even though it was a giant joke. You've got to evaluate where your opponents are. And you've got to evaluate how you're stacking up against your, your division. And when you look in the grand scheme of things, the Big Ten West may be the easiest division in football. I would say it's probably the ACC Coastal, but it's cool. Okay, so it's one or two. Right. One or two. I mean, seriously, we're sitting here and we're saying that if Nebraska gets... Let's say if they beat Wisconsin, Iowa, and Minnesota... They are playing for a Big Ten title, if things fall the right way, or because with with that in mind, they're probably beating Illinois as well. So they can win. They can literally, but you're still beating, not,
1: but you're still not beating Iowa, or Wisconsin.
2: No, no, I just said if if you're beating if you beat Iowa, Wisconsin,
1: well, if, if we're doing that, then we're saying they're a nine or ten win football team, and which I is think what, they should be. What, and I'm not disagreeing with that, but I'm saying that's what everybody wants. I'm saying when there are two scenarios in front of you. I want to get to some of these text messages, too. Uh, It's the head coach's job to get you in a position to win, but it's the player's job to win football games. The players need to know how to win. Uh, Gabe says, we're laying down a good foundation. He says that he totally agrees. It would have been nice to have some more wins, but we're competing better than we have. They have the talent to win nine or ten games. Uh, Texter says, now we get smacked by teams like Troy. Unfortunately, that... I don't like to bring up the Troy game. That's tough. Your scenario is Nebraska starting three and losing seven straight, and then finishing with two wins. You think Scott is around for those last two games? I, that, that's a good Wait, where, discussion where, Which one was that one? That's bipolar. That, okay. that, that's where it gets interesting because the way that coaches do it now. Uh, Axel says, yeah. I'd rather have a coach. He didn't have to feel bad about losing because he doesn't lose very much. Yeah.
2: Eric and Lincoln says, why can't Frost do here what Mel Tucker has done at Michigan well, State in two so, years? So what's with that? Hold on. So what that, with that in mind, that could work this year. However, we don't know. We are learning more about the transfer portal every day. And it's developing. That's and, why. It's and, and so we don't know if what Mel Tucker's approach is. If they continue to go hard at the transfer portal, we won't know until 2025 if that's sustainable. We won't know for four more, three or four more years if that approach is sustainable. Getting ten, eleven, twelve guys out of the portal every single off season, we won't we'll know. Find out exactly. But right now, here in 2022, don't we don't know if the Mel Tucker approach is sustainable. However. The Mel Tucker approach of getting one guy to really put you over that 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 next level, take you to that next level, and what Kenneth Walker did, Peyton Thorne. I don't care what anybody says, is not a top three quarterback in the Big Ten. No, but what Michigan State did, they had a strong defense, and they they had an identity, and their identity was even when Kenneth Walker sucked like he did against Nebraska in the first play of overtime, and this is where it separates Nebraska slash Scott Frost and Mel Tucker in Michigan State. In the first play of overtime, when K- Kenneth Walker had less than 50 yards, a Heisman contender, contender, and I believe the Doak Walker Award winner, so, yes. had less than 50 yards in a Big Ten game with really crappy conditions when Nebraska had, had played against him extremely well, the difference between Mel Tucker and Scott Frost, who are both pretty young coaches, right. Mel Tucker stuck with their identity. Stuck with their identity and ran the ball, and and Kenneth Walker, eventually broke down Nebraska's defense. And in the first play of overtime, ran for twenty three yards on first and ten and got down to the two yard line. That's the difference. Because if Kenneth or let's say let's say Ramir Johnson last year against Michigan State wouldn't have had confidence or excuse me wouldn't have had success and had twenty three yards, it through four quarters. Scott Frost isn't running Ramir Johnson on first down. He's QB drawing it with Adrian Martinez. That's part of the issue,
1: though. That's part of the issue. That is
2: the problem, is Nebraska has had zero identity. Right. And that In the Big Ten West, and Vershawn has talked about it, me and Rico have talked about it, and I'm sure Nathan and Bach have talked about it, that when things break down, you need to fall back on what you know best. And what's killed Nebraska is that the best thing that they've known is the quarterback draw. Uh, And that's not sustainable, as we've seen. No. Uh, we're going to head to the Honda of Lincoln Hotline. James, James, what's on your mind, man?
0: Well, hey, this, this wasn't on my mind until you guys started chatting about this, but I think what you just addressed there with not having something to fall back on, I hope Mark Whipple especially will be able to remedy because mm-hmm. sometimes, sometimes you just need that old gray-haired guy in the room to look at you in the face and say, hey, you can't do that. Yeah. And I think that was part of the reason he went after an older guy. Now, the other thing that I was going to mention when I, when I dialed in was last year, in all the midst of the insanity of the season, I remembered a quote from Bobby Bowden when he talked about building a program. And he said, when you're building a program, that's what he did at Florida State. Florida State used to stink. I don't know mm-hmm. if – I mean, younger people probably don't know that. They used to be a laughingstock. So, so, Bobby Bowden's like, you start to lose big, and then you move to losing close. And then you start to win close, yeah. and then you'll mm-hmm. start to win big. Absolutely. And I think wow. we want it fixed, right? Like, we want it fixed right now. Uh, I mean, I'm 37, so I remember the 90s. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. And, and when I text with my friends, we're like, oh, well, we wish we could have that. Well, we don't. And, and we're restarting the program, and we were losing big with Bo, you guys just talked about that. We were, yeah, we were right. losing big exactly. with Riley, Melvin that Gordon. That season we yeah, started seven and zero. It was amazing. And then what smoked. happened? I yeah. think Ohio State happened the next week. Yep. Um, and then we're losing big with Frost. But now we're losing close. And and it might not be this year. I, I I actually have my hopes, but but I think we'll start winning close, winning close for it might be another three or four years um, before we start winning big. But that's how it works. And mm-hmm. and I hope that Nebraska fans just hear that and say, Hey, we can be. A little more patient now. Again, if you go two and ten or three and nine, it's probably not going to work out. Right. But I have confidence they'll start winning close this year. So thanks, guys. Thanks, awesome. You. Yeah, thanks what's, for the call, James.
2: Let, let me tell you what's sad and disappointing about that because it's reality, unfortunately. Is that the events, I agree with everything he just I, I said. Do by the way. I do too. I do too. And unfortunately, as sad as it is to say, and I, I don't know, I, I truly don't know if I agree with it should be this way or not. And I don't know about you, Nathan. But because of the events that have happened in for in, in the first four years, and and how it's kind of all broken down and shaken out, unfortunately, they don't have time. They don't have time to lose close again this year. They don't. They, they just they straight up do not. I, I'm sorry. They they don't. And, and that's what it makes it so so difficult. It depends. Depends on who you ask. You got and at, the number, at, and that's where the number is important. At some points, you have to stop moral victories and I understand that. because guess what and Moral, I agree moral victories don't move a program forward in my opinion I agree after after a certain amount of time it, the moral victory against Oklahoma last year hell yeah celebrate it because it nobody nobody in their mom looks, expected though. nobody in their mom expected you to be in that game nobody not not even Nebraska fans as much as they wanted to admit it nobody expected you to be in that Oklahoma game last year so that moral victory is okay But a moral victory in forms of losses against Wisconsin on the road when you threw a pick in overtime against Iowa when Logan Smothers looked decent, but you had to simplify the offense. At some point, you got to stop and put your foot down. And I agree. We're going we're gonna to keep this conversation. We're going to talk some golf,
1: but you guys seem pretty interested in this, and I am too because I think everyone has a little bit of differing opinions, so make sure you stick with us. Very interesting conversation. What is the number? Is there a number? Do we believe in moral victories? Lots happening with Husker football. You listen to Ticket Water Cooler, 93.7 The Ticket.
0: Don't touch that dial. Stick with us.